to City of Parramatta Libraries, Parapods. Look, we're here today to talk about books, reading, libraries. I know at the time we are going through quite strange times, mm -hmm. but we're still here. We're here for you, people. So I'm Catherine, and I'm here with my colleagues Nissa and my colleague Sandra. Hello. Um, and look, today we've decided to have a little bit of a discussion about some of the great books in our library that amuse us and uh, tickle our funny bone. So this segment is going to be called Just for Laughs. And uh, you know what? We all need a laugh, particularly mm. now. So Nissa, tell us, what, what have you chosen for us to uh, discuss today? Yeah, so the first book we're going to look at is called Dishonesty is a Second Best Policy and Other Rules to Live By by David Mitchell. Uh, this was published by Guardian Faber Publishing in November 2019. So it's a fairly recent book. The next one we're going to look at is called Ayawadi on Top by Richard Ayawadi by Faber and Faber. It was published in October 2019, so fairly close to the other one. The third one we're going to look at is called Challenge Accepted, 253 Steps to Becoming an Anti-It Girl by Celeste Barber, uh, published by HarperCollins in September 2018. Finally, another Australian. Uh, Kitty Flanagan's 488 Rules for Life, The Thankless Art of Being Correct by Kitty Flanagan, uh, published by Alan and Unwin in October 2019. So, Sandra and Catherine, you've both read the book by David Mitchell. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think? Well, you know what, um, Sandra and I were actually discussing this beforehand. Um, now, as much as I really like David Mitchell's work on TV, you know, he's had several BBC series and uh, he is a funny guy, um, dishonesty is the second best policy. It's kind of amusing but a fairly lightweight read and, um, you know, he writes quite well. Um, he discusses a lot of different sorts of topics but I wasn't sort of overwhelmed by the hilarity of his observations. But yeah, his humour is observational and it's kind of pleasant. But hey Sandra, what did you think? Honestly, I, I, I share your opinion definitely, Catherine. I found that even though I'm a huge fan of his comedy and really the book is his voice, but in a way, I guess you could say, I think he's best in snapshots rather than an entire book. The, co the book is a collection of his columns that he has written for the Guardian, the Guardian, I'm the sorry, Guardian. The, past, yeah. the past three years, and they are quite topical, but... I guess, would you um, describe him as sort of the British um, Richard Glover? You know, he's sort of got a popular column and his humour's observational and it's sort of about current events and... Um, you know, what's going on in, you know, within the milieu of, you know, Great Britain and the world, I guess. Mm. But I, I guess it's a bit sort of British-centric, would you say? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what else do you think, Catherine? Um, sorry, Sandra, I'm getting mixed yeah. up in the name. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it being British-centric. Um, but, you know, look, to be honest, I mean, I, I had a real laugh with Richard Glover's um, most recent, you know, um, avocado. Oh yes! Um, oh gosh, we've we've reviewed oh, this. We've reviewed it, and it <laughs> land before avocado. Oh, the land before avocado, 
And um, yeah, I would rate that. I would rate that more highly. Yeah. Um, so but, what, for you guys, what what ones did you like the most out of his like clips? I, I I'm guessing from both of you that you're not overly impressed by what he's written. Are there any things on his um, that his comedy that do stand out for you? Like in general, maybe not perhaps with the book. His comedy in general, not yeah. so much with the book. Uh, honestly, I mean, I was first introduced to him through his work on the show Lie to Me. It's the, uh-huh. the game slash panel show that's on. Yeah, he's quick-witted, it's, isn't he? He is. He's. He, I mean, I became a fan of him through that and that's one of my favourite depictions of him, actually. it's a, He's got that honest, genuine, kind of cynical, yeah. kind <laughs> of upper-class British humour and that translates also to mm. his show Upstart Crow mm-hmm. where he depicts William Shakespeare and going through all his frustrations but in this <laughs> hilarious manner and I really enjoy his sense of humor through that I don't know whether it translates well to his columns I mean yeah and they're, I, they're funny but at the same time they're not yeah. very I don't know Perhaps not. What would you say? Catherine? Well, they're kind of quite light. Then it's not. It's not really sort of penetrating. Um, yeah. Uh, kind of. Uh, I found that after I read the book, writing. it wasn't. But I mean, I guess that's his <laughs> shtick, you know. Because yeah. it, for example, it says here David Mitchell attempts to make um, um, light of all the darkness. So, like for example, Scampi. Well, that's a kind of a fish, isn't it? Politics, the Olympics, terrorism. <laughs> Exercise, rude street names, um, inheritance tax. So you can see that, uh, and farts, apparently. <laughs> so it's irreverent, um, um, I would say. Yeah. Well, um, it's interesting you say, um, Sandra, that the, um, the it doesn't translate as well to his writing, I guess, like the yeah. sense of humour that you, you mm. do like. The funny thing about his the upper class sort of thing, I've heard that too, that uh, his sort of comedy it comes across as being like from an upper class sort of point of view or something that to, but he's not he's actually I think solidly um, working class so, well I don't know working Ironically, class but he... a little bit lower on the economic um, spectrum Ooh, I, I don't think know about possibly that. really so he's not a Downton Abbey kind of escapee <laughs> posh background private school mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm Australian. <laughs> that's, that's something, uh, something for, for us maybe to look he up. Maybe has a soul food. Yeah, something for us to look up and perhaps yeah. the listeners to look up and let us know. I have to say, David Mitchell, I've, I haven't read any of his writing, so I'm quite interested in like both of your perspectives on this, which seem to mm. be the same, that it's maybe not as great as one could expect. One of his favourite ones for me online is, you know, the Grammar Nazi one he did, the Mitchell and Webb show? Yeah. Um, mm. there's, a, there's a bit called the Grammar Nazi and, you know, he I think he shoots all these people in a, in a meeting who um, say things like H instead of H, um, Pacifically instead of specifically. <laughs> the one that really resume, resonated with me was... Um, Film? <laughs> that I don't remember, but the one where get in, out, Catherine. <laughs> instead of saying Shocker. espresso, someone was saying espresso. Oh, and no. until I, the funny thing is, until I watched that clip, I didn't realize that I was also saying espresso. Uh-huh. So after watching it, I stopped. Shame, doing Lisa. <laughs> well, I learnt a lot because I stopped doing it. 
<laughs> after watching that clip. So I have David Mitchell to thank. Th- thank for that. you, David Mitchell. Thank you. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. yeah. Okay. He's, he's a he's a nice BBC type of comedian. <laughs> if you like that kind of thing, you'll love him. Yeah, and <laughs> I think that sort of takes us neatly into the next one. Um, another comedian who's appeared in a number of uh, shows with uh, David Mitchell, Richard Ayoade. So Ayoade on top is a book by Richard Awadi. Um, and I mean, for those who don't know him, he's a filmmaker, he's a comedian, he's an actor. He played Moss in the IT crowd. Oh, my favourite. Um, yeah. <laughs> Funny. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, okay, this is a really interesting premise, like the premise of the book. It's based on this movie called From the View from the Top. Now, if you haven't heard of it, I'm not surprised because it is a film that has 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a Gwyneth Paltrow... 14%. 14%. (laughs) That's pretty poor. It was not well regarded by the critics, to say the least. Oh, Uh, I think I vaguely remember that movie. (laughs) Oh, oh, wow. Sandra, vaguely. (laughs) You're admitting to (laughs) Vaguely. I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow, the um, the sort of uh, the brains behind Gloop... um, you know, honestly, what can you expect? Well, the funny thing is, um, so he talks about That's this... her TV show, by the way. <laughs> and and the brand that she's made quite a lot of money from as oh, well. Gosh, yeah. Well, good businesswoman. Yes, uh, yes, if nothing else. Um, so this movie, the movie View from the Top, I was only dimly aware of its existence. I've, I've never watched it, but I think I must have seen the DVD somewhere. Um, and... Going to the book, I didn't know what it was about, and it turns out basically it's um, it's just about the book. It's a take on the book, uh, pulling it apart um, scene by scene, like a scene by scene guide almost, um, really? making fun of it. Yeah, and this isn't new for Richard, I guess, because he's done some other books in the past. There was one called one of the books he wrote was called Ayawadi on Ayawadi, uh-huh. a cinematic odyssey, which is sort of a, a parody of the director on director series. So he wrote that book in 2014. He also wrote another book called The Grip of Film. So he is a filmmaker apart from an actor. So he's interested in yeah. in and that. But he's taking the Mickey here in this yeah. book, and he's a film critic. And you know that that's a popular genre. There's um there's a, a YouTube video. Um, called the Nostalgia Critic. I don't know if any of you guys have seen it, but no. it, it's very much, you know, a, um, a, a kind of witty guy who, mm-hmm. and he's just called that Nostalgia Critic. And <laughs> what he basically does is he looks at movies and he just sort of pulls them to pieces, but in a really hilarious way. It's so funny. Wow. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> the story of the movie, uh, basically, like he, he, like I said, he sort of gives a scene-by-scene guide. It's basically this character played by Gwyneth Paltrow, who comes from very humble circumstances, and she becomes a... Um, she starts working... She becomes a flight attendant, basically. Um, and then it's sort of a rom-com, I guess. Um, as he was talking about it, um, it, what he does, he sort of dissects a lot of scenes and then he sort of segues into other issues like he'll be talking about a scene there which depicts a child's birthday party and then he sort of goes off and talks about one of his own birthday parties or when he celebrated his birthday party as a child and he shows it in like both of those things in um, quite a funny light. Uh, so it's it's interspersed with um, lots of personal experiences but a very funny take on all of that. He makes fun, he's merciless in how he makes fun of the movie. Um, All the tropes that are used, the sort of heavy-handed symbolism, the clumsy foreshadowing, the lazy storyline. He 
Yes, he makes a lo- You feel really sorry for them. And I found out when he was talking about it that Mark Ruffalo was in it. For a second, I was almost tempted to, like, watch the movie because I really like Mark Being Ruffalo. Being a fan, <laughs> yeah. We know um, that. And the, good. The funny, um, the funny thing is he says in the beginning that, this is a quote, this book in its own modest way hopes to rehabilitate a work that Paltrow has disowned as a money job. So Gwyneth <laughs> <laughs> oh. Paltrow isn't particularly... Uh, Let's just say proud of that work. There's a funny line from the book I want to mention. Um, that's Catherine's phone, by the way. <laughs> so one funny line from the book that I found. Uh, so they're talking about hairstyles and how, um, you know, in the beginning of the book, she's from humble circumstances. Uh, she's not as fashionable. So she's got like, I-, I guess, like a really big hairdo. And then he sort of segues into this whole conversation about how perhaps uh, with more elegance comes uh, more modest hairdos and more flatter hairdos. So his line is... This is a quote from the book. Like a reverse Samson, her power grows as her follicles flatten. And I I just love that. That was so beautifully put. That's that's clever. (laughs) Um, I also found out from the book um, that the plural of moth is moth. Really? It is. It is. He talks about uh, moth evil. And I was like, how very odd. Like, I don't think he's like, um, the book was... It wasn't a very good proof editor, but I, it turns out, I looked it up, it turns out the plural for moth is moth, so in most circumstances. So that's that's something that I learned from the book, which that, I'm very happy well, about. That's really interesting. Yeah, so you, you never know what you're going to get out of a book, you know. So I just, yeah, that was my... Um, uh, that was what I got probably the most valuable thing from that book. Um, <laughs> I, Richard Ayawadi, so I would I would recommend this book for anyone who wants to read a really, it's a really small book. It's smaller than an average size book and it's only about just over 200 pages uh, long. So I would recommend it for anyone who wants to do it. I also would recommend if you don't know who Richard Ayawadi is and you want to uh, get a taste of his sense of humour, um, I would recommend people YouTube Big Fat Quiz of Everything and put in Richard Ayoade and Rob Beckett. Um, that that particular episode, I think it was from 2016, there's a bit that he does. It is the funniest ever. He does this full-blown um, meltdown. I think it's a bit. It's not, you know, real. Uh, that is so that is so worth watching. So I think Noel Fielding is there, Rob Beckett's there, Jonathan Ross. So that is what I would recommend to everyone. So YouTube, big fat quiz of everything. Put in Richard Ayoade and put in Rob Beckett. So yeah, well, for that's those really classic uh, British funny. Exactly. People. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's for those who would like a taste of who Richard Ayoade is. So but Nissa, the real question is: Will you be watching the movie after this book? Are you curious? Ah, uh, look. <laughs> you won't be able to see it in the same light. When, but when the, look when I was when they said Mark Ruffalo was in it. I Watch was. You were tempted. I was tempted, but yeah. not quite. I'm sorry. Fifteen percent yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes, and the way he's just talked about it, like he's depicted it, dissected it, and just made fun of it. I don't think I could watch it with a straight face. So, well, that's why. Mm, no. <laughs> how, about, how about you watch it again? I'll take your word. Yeah, Sandra, you watch, I'll watch it. Watch it with the book as an accompaniment. Tell us what you think. Excellent. Okay, third book, challenge accepted by Celeste Barber. Now. I found out about Celeste Barber from, I think, probably a BuzzFeed article or one of those ones that just pop up in my Facebook feed sometimes. And I know of her through all these funny 
photos she has on Instagram, which depict a model doing some sort of ridiculous pose, perhaps a picture of sometimes short videos, and then Celeste Barber doing the exact same thing. And I love how she makes those poses with these perfect, perfectly positioned people in like, you know, groomed to within an inch of their life, um, how she makes fun of that when she does it. So that is my understanding of Celeste Barber. Um, Catherine, you've read the book. What do you think? Well, I love Celeste Barber. She's just such a funny woman. And um, I um, I know, you know, her fame is that she does sort of tableau reenactments of, of famous, you know, sort of images yeah. uh, where she, you know, she's obviously mocking, you know, the, uh, the famous, um, the rich and the famous. But, mm. you know, people like the Kardashians, I suppose people like uh, Beyonce. Um, I think, you know... Uh, and she's just a very quick-witted, hilarious lady. Mm. And and she and the thing is, she's very self-deprecating, you know, because she says something like being famous on Instagram is like being, um, you know, rich when you're playing Monopoly. Yeah. It's um, <laughs> so real, folks. Well, there's a yeah. segment, I think, in the book. Um, it's divided into short little sections, and one is called... The one where I discovered being famous on Instagram is being rich is like being rich in Monopoly. That is literally what like that section is called. Well, so, yeah. it's kind of working for her though. I mean, she's gained a lot of publicity all around the world now, and she's. I mean, well, she's using her fame for good purposes these days, raising all the money for the bushfire relief, etc. So yeah, exactly. it, it is paying off, and she's appearing in many ads now as well <laughs> yeah. yeah and look she's just had her book published i think this year is well, that right uh, it was Se- september well. eight, september 2018 so still relatively recent okay. i i've started reading the book i i would have to say i'm disappointed that the photographs are in black and white because one of the best things about her is uh, i mean she was i think she was in the industry before as a comedian but um, a lot of us now know about her through the hilarious photographs she's got on Instagram yeah. um, and the, the short videos and photographs. But the book, the photographs that are in the book are all black and white. And that's such a shame because they're so funny, those side-by-side ones. And I think that just takes it a little bit away from what could have been enjoyed. I don't know. Maybe they're on a budget. That's why they put yeah. them in black and maybe white. Maybe it'll invite people to go and see her Instagram page, I guess. It could very well, yes. That but is I guess true. people who are reading and purchasing the book are those who are already fans of her. That but. is true. So apart from the section I just mentioned, there are other sections called the one about my mum, uh, the one about my fake brother Michael. That, I want that. I'm really intrigued <laughs> by that title. I want to read that. Is there one about the hot husband? <laughs> I think there is, yes. That is a thing, by the way. That's not just Sandra's opinion. It's called hashtag hot husband. And she refers to her husband um, uh, by that, well, hashtag, basically. So that there's a section there in the book, book on that too, which I haven't read, but I'm looking forward to. What is it specifically Well, about, and uh, also I think, sure. I think there's a bit of a... Um, a language uh, alert as well because she doesn't uh, really pull her punches in terms of you know so if you're offended by a little bit of swearing you know just be be aware of that before you read the book <laughs> but but it's hilarious and I mean it's it's kind of not gratuitous it's clever that's excellent yeah. yeah so definitely I think that's a book that we would recommend as well and I'll definitely get on to reading that and finding out about uh well the one about her fake brother Michael and I guess I'll probably try to find out why she refers to her husband as hashtag hot husband. So that's that's my homework. I think homework. that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so I mean, the next one is going to be oh, yeah, Kitty Flanagan's 488 Rules for Life, The Thankless Art of Being Correct. 
So, um, I think we've all read that. Catherine, you've read that too, haven't you? I have, and, you know, we've all actually seen Kitty Flanagan um, girls, haven't we? Do you remember when she actually came to one of our events and she was our uh, guest comedian? Do you know oh, what? I, I saw think her in person. Christmas parties or... Yeah, so she's, you know, she's a very well-known Australian comedian and, you know, I don't know, this is her first book, I would think... And, um, you know, and I mean, it's a bit of fun. And obviously the four... Sorry, I think it might be her second one. There was one called Bridge Burning and Other Hobbies, which we have the e-book version of on Wheelers and the audiobook version of on Oh, Bridge Burning. That's something that Kitty Flanagan actually does a really good job of. (laughs) (laughs) Because she's notoriously well known for, for, uh, you know, uh, committing a real faux pas when she was um, the guest on uh, the project a couple of years back. Um, And she well and truly burnt her bridge and uh, so I stand corrected. Sorry, Nissa. Yeah, and so and on the strength of that, she wrote that book because <laughs> you basically got sacked. Wow. Um, yeah. But, oh, I have um, to look into that actually. Yeah, it's quite intriguing. But you just have a bit of a mm. um, maybe look it up on YouTube and see exactly what happened. Yes, we'll do. A bit do. of a brain teaser for you. Yeah. So this actual book came out from a segment she did on the weekly um, with Charlie Pickering. Um, and Sandra, you were telling me about the origins of the book. Uh, it's based on another one, I believe. Oh, it seems to be a bit of a satirical take on Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. So for those of you who don't know, he's uh, he's a psychologist. He's a Canadian psychologist, I think. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got a massive following. It's just... Oh. Um, and, and interestingly enough, it's mainly kind of um, youngish, um, I think. I, I mean, I this is anecdotal... But a lot of young men that I've spoken to, you know, within my role in the library have, you know, asked for this book and sort of when they've read it, they've said to me, oh, this is such a great book to, you know, lead you through, you know, all sort of the, the pitfalls in life. It just sort of That's gives right. you these like basic. So I thought that was interesting that young men in particular, I don't know, have you read that I, book? I have read it actually. Oh, so and well, I, honestly, I found it just quite young useful people. as well. I mean, it's a good way of, I mean, I don't know when I specifically discussing his book currently but (laughs) um, it's a good way of encouraging you and giving you advice to take charge of your own life and take responsibility for certain areas of your life whether it be your working life your personality your discipline etc I think it's gotten a bit of he's gotten a bit of a mixed and controversial reputation recently mainly because I think uh, he resonates a lot more with the right side of politics and more conservative but at the same time if you read his works I find that they resonate with everybody and I I find that most people would be able to get some good advice out of it that they can apply to their own life I mean there's nothing wrong with taking responsibility taking control of your life there's nothing wrong with that well it's interesting that Kitty Flanagan has taken that book and now come out with her own sort of you know based on like a joke that started about the book um so the book is it says 488 rules but the book actually has if you go through it read the whole thing as Sandra and I have done 447 rules and then she's got like a few pages at the end where you can and it says insert your own rules for life and there's like a few blank pages with some lines drawn on it so thanks for that kitty um (laughs) what were your favorite ones Sandra from the book 
Like, do you have a few? Well, she honestly, she she goes through so many different topics here that are really relatable. One of them I found. But but you know, bear in mind, um, dear listeners, um, Katie Flanagan is actually satirizing the idea of the self help book. So you know, be aware of that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. think anybody is actually <laughs> taking them seriously. Although they are quite, um, they do have a lot of truth to them. I would say <laughs> things yeah. like cushions are not spiritual advisors, <laughs> kind of mocking those people who have the live, what is it, live, laugh, love, or mm-hmm. whatever on their cushions. And you know, I, I was. I had a pessimistic view of life until I saw that cushion and then suddenly my entire life has turned around. <laughs> that is great advice. I shall live, laugh and love. <laughs> what else? Uh, what else have I got here? There was... Well, while you look for that, I've got one here. Um, don't marinate in your own filth. And that is... And, under, <laughs> and underneath it, it says, the bathroom is not a library. So that's for people who uh, read books in places where they're meant to be doing other things. Um, so that's that's an interesting... I found that kind of funny. There goes my child. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's another one. This one I agree with um, actually quite strongly. The bathroom bin is for bathroom rubbish only. Um, oh, I saw that. One. I that is also something that I find quite interesting. Another one: the onus is on you to make the conversation interesting. So not writing off people as boring immediately because people often have something to say, and you know it's up to us to sort of sort of draw it, draw it out of them. Um, what else? I've got a few. Okay. Uh, apparently, the person in the middle seat gets both armrests. Absolutely, yes. As someone who's been on a plane, if you're stuck in the middle, which is probably the worst place to be, to be honest. Um, oh, definitely. I think they those people should get the armrest. Yeah. Um, another one about transport, on public transport, don't lean, don't lean your whole body against the pole in the train vestibule. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> I Not that I touch the pole anyway at any point during my travel. <laughs> No. I'd rather uh, fall over. Another one. And Wash this, your hands afterwards, folks. <laughs> and an, another one, this is going to make me not very popular, but um, dark chocolate is not a treat. Hallelujah. Someone actually said that. I agree. Dark chocolate is not a treat. Um, That's milk, so true, though. Milk chocolate all the way. Um, I honestly don't get what the fuss is about dark chocolate. I've got mm-hmm. one or two more. It's healthy, Nissa. Well, I know, but <laughs> I, I don't have chocolate. You're going and going for chocolate, you might as well go all the way. Okay. <laughs> um, another one is don't use inappropriate analogies. So it's like, you know, when children say, oh, why, uh, parents say, why are you treating this place like a hotel or your room looks like a brothel? Um, so this is what she's sort of saying that, look, don't use inappropriate analogies. I mean, some, you know, you don't know, like, what does she say? So let's not insult the sex workers by comparing them to your slovenly teenagers. <laughs> Absolutely. That is um, that is one that a lot of mums could, um, I think, be mindful of. Well, she's very irreverent, so um, <laughs> just about anything will come out of Kitty Flanagan's mouth. Yes. But uh, within reason. Yeah. Uh, another one is keep your socks age appropriate. I don't agree with that. I think people with happy socks... I know it's it's a trend. She go, she writes that some people find the trend offensive. I think it's lovely. Like, you know when someone's wearing, like, a dark, somber suit and they suddenly cross their legs and you get a flash of a really, like, colourful sock? Oh, oh yeah. I love that. So I love the, and, the, and they'll have, like, a, a fruit theme, like bananas and pineapples. Yeah. 
I think Perfect. Well, it injects a bit of personality. <laughs> exactly. That's for sure. it's, yeah. it's, I think the more outrageous, the better. Because if you're wearing something that's super, like, you know, conservative and somber, it's, it's so nice to have that. Another one she writes is resisting Halloween is futile. Um, and she writes, stop getting angry and faux nationalistic about it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> that still annoys me. <laughs> the fact that we're doing Halloween in Australia, because my thing is, if it wasn't around when I was a kid, um, I shouldn't have to give out you know, sweets to other people. And again, underneath that, she goes, don't call it candy. Um, ah. You know, we've got a perfectly good word for it. Well, you know, it's just the creeping sort of American yeah. influence and and cultural colonisation of, yeah. you know, all, all the other countries in the world. Absolutely, yeah. Look, I could go through, gosh, so many of these, but I know that would be problematic. I'll just give the last one. It says, don't talk in the library. Now, this is the only one I really had a massive problem with from her. Um, and she says that, um, what did she write? Another stupidly obvious rule. However, I'm including it not so much for the library users, but more for the library staff themselves. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, and, and I love it. she says something about at her local library. I don't know which local library that is, but she's saying that they... Um, not Parramatta. Apparently that they... <laughs> Sorry, Katie, we're going to have to take this one up with you and she talks disagree. Of, well, she said, there are a couple of staff members at my local library who positively bellow every time someone approaches the desk to get some information. That is, I don't know. Mm, I'm sorry. No. Well, you know, I mean, that, that's enthusiasm, Kitty, and, yes. and willingness to be friendly. And I, I think she might have employed a bit of hyperbole there. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Just for future reference, everybody, we don't have a problem with you talking in the library. Just don't yell or swear. Exactly. Or scream. Everyone's welcome in the library. Yes, definitely. You're allowed to talk. Yeah. So I look. I thought it was a really funny book. Um, you know, it's it's just a bunch of well, how how many was that? Four hundred and forty-seven rules. You can go back and forth between them. She's sort of divided them into different themes, but it's such an easy book to it's go a, through and enjoy. It's a good bit, mm. book to dip into, and um, yeah, like just sort of in and out, which is kind of what I did. And um, I keep it for a couple of weeks. And yeah, cheer yourself up, everybody. Yeah, definitely. Cheer. Mm -hmm. You know what, girls? I think we've reached the end of our our uh, titles we have yeah so gosh look thanks for joining us today and uh look we'll see you next time we will um just if you'd like to download the episode you can find us on the apple podcasts under mm -hmm. power up pods you can find us on uh podbean the app or you can find us on our blog power reads we'll talk to you next time bye yeah. bye everybody material presented in this podcast is for general information only. Any opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the guest speaker who do not necessarily represent the views of City of Parramatta Council. City of Parramatta Council is not responsible for any injury, loss or damage which you may directly or indirectly suffer in connection with this podcast.